Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. We've been talking for several weeks about this, this subject. We call it the real you, the real you. We've been talking about who we are, the real person, the real person. We know who we are. You could get your passport, look it up, see what you know, day you were born. You could see the color of your hair and the color of your eyes, you know, how much you weigh, whatever. But that doesn't tell you about the real you. The real you is the person on the inside. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, there's a scripture I've been reading. It, it goes like this. It says in verse 14, Proverbs 18, 14, it says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. The Amplified Bible reads like this. It says, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? You know, I guess I'd say if there's a goal that I'm throwing out there for all of us in the reason in these teachings, it would be this, that in the times of crises in our lives, that we would be able to have the maturity to, to draw from what's inside us. You know, draw from what's inside, what's inside you. The life of God is in you. God is in you. John, First John, it says that greater is he who's in you than he that's in the world. Do you know you have the greater one living in you today? The greater one. He's not the lesser one. He's not some puny, any whatever. He's the greater. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's living inside us. I mean, that thought, you know, Paul said it in this, this way in, in Colossians. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is he living in you today? He's living in you. And I'm telling you what, if you're born again, you know, you're a brand new person. You're a brand new person. You've got life in you. You've got God life in you. You see, it's what's inside you. It's what's on the inside of us that'll rise up in times of pressure, in times of crisis, and it'll see us through. Proverbs, the way he said is, is it'll sustain you in those rough times. I know Bob, how many remember we had Bob Harrison in a couple years ago? I love Bob. He's a, he's a tremendous minister. But I, I took this line from him about 25 years ago. He says, you never know what's really in a person. He says, well, this is what he says. He says, people are like tea bags. You never really know what's in them until they get in hot water. Dana likes tea. I drink tea every now and then, you know? And I, th I hope I know what I'm getting. But I tell you, you put it in that water, in that hot water, and it just, whoosh, everything in it comes out. <laughs> Proverbs said that. He says, it's good news if you've got a person who's developed and has a strong spirit. When pressure comes, what's in them is going to come out. But he says this, oh, it's a bummer, though, if a person hasn't developed themselves. If a person is, you know, again, in Proverbs, the way it said it in 1814, he says, if they're weak, they haven't really made the connection of what's in here to what's out here. They haven't learned to live out of their heart. When the pressures come, they can tend to crumble. You know, it isn't pretty. So what's our goal? Our goal is, is that, 
you know, we'd, we'd have this, that, that in the crises of life, we'd be able to tune in and, and get a yes or no. We'd be able to tune in and get a, a, a way of direction. We'd be able to know how to go, how to stay, whatever. What did that, what, we just said, that song was going, where I go, where he goes, I'll go, where he's, you know, just kind of that kind of thing, you know, that thing happening. So how do we do that? Well, one, we, we, we feed on the word. We've talked about that for a couple weeks, a while back. And, and, and what we got into, and I can't seem to get out of, is we don't just hear the word, and we don't just feed on the word, but when we hear the word and feed on the word, what we need to do is be practicers. We need to be doers of the word. James said it like this. He said that, that when you hear the word and you don't do the word, you're opening yourself up for deception. If all we ever do is take in, take in, take in, and never learn how to work it out, he says, you're putting yourself in a position where you're going to be deceived. Wow. Wow. I don't want that. I don't want to be deceived. Let me read it out of James. James 1.21, it starts off, it says, you know, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, and behold, he, uh, he beholds himself and goes his way, and he straightway forgets what manner of man he is, or was. And verse 25 says, Whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but also a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Blessed in his So James says, here's where it's at. And you know, James was a pastor. The things he shared you know, I know they come from a pastor's heart. What, are they, what does a pastor's heart want to do? He wants to help people. He wants to help people living on planet Earth. How many, have you checked how many are living on planet Earth? Everybody here is on planet Earth? Okay. You know, I'm telling you, these, some of the things that we do today won't really matter when we're in heaven. You know, frankly, we'll, get, we'll be in heaven and we won't even care about stuff we care about right now. We won't care about what we have for lunch. We won't care about how much money's in the bank or how much money's not in the bank. We won't care about those things, probably. You know, there'll be a, we'll be like going, whoa, whoa, baby, this is it, man. We'll be living in that moment. But James, just like we're doing, we're telling you things that are going to help you right now. Right now. You know, if you're in Christ... You're thoroughly 100% righteous. You're not going to get any more righteous when you get to heaven. You're either righteous here on earth, you know, you've received Christ, you've received all he is, you know, or it's, it's trouble in the next, you know, leaving this body, okay? But I'm telling you what, you can have all this stuff, but you can go through life and have trouble because you've never learned to draw on the well that's in you. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about learning to draw on what's in us. We're talking about learning to live like the people we really are. Being the real you. The real you. 
The real you is a spirit being. The real you is a man on the inside. The real you is created in God's image. So I'd like to title it this morning, you know, subtitle. I get into subtitles. When you do a series for five months, you know, you have a title and then you have a subtitle. But I'd like to call it acting like the real you. Acting like the real you, you know. Sometimes we have trouble and we don't act like who we really are, the man on the inside. Why is that? Well, I think we get mixed signals sometimes. Did you ever get mixed signals in life? Have you ever been driving in your car? And maybe you're on a road trip. I love road trips. You know, and you're going from state to state and you listen to the radio. You know, and you get to a point where some signals start to fade and other signals come in and you're hearing two channels at once. You ever heard that, have that happen? I've had that happen. Sometimes in life, I've had that happen. Where I'm walking along and all of a sudden I'm hearing this signal, I'm hearing that signal, I'm saying, hey, where's the real me? The real you is just what the Bible says you are. You know, and, and, and taken from James, he says how we need to hear and we need to do. When we do the word, we're acting on what's inside us. We're acting, we're activating the power that's on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hearing the word and doing the word. Now, I think that sometimes if you're like me and if you're like Peter and other people from the Bible that, that we've read about, the reason we don't always act on the word is because we don't feel like acting on the word. Or here's one. I thought, I thought it would be different. <laughs> You know, I thought it would be different. You know, somehow in my mind, I thought if I was acting on the word, I'd have goosebumps, I'd feel anointed, I'd feel like the man of God for the hour. No, you don't feel like that. You got to do this stuff when you don't feel like doing it. When you feel unspiritual. Some of the most powerful times I can remember in my life have been just acting like the Bible's true when I didn't feel like acting like the Bible was true. I felt like a loser. I felt unspiritual. I felt unqualified. I felt like, oh man, I, 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 I just feel like a wimp inside. But I've, you know, you've heard me tell the story of when we've missed the plane and, 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 and you know, we had to spend a night in the Denver airport and and, you know, all, all hope was kind of pulled from us because it, the, the weather, you know, made it seem as if we weren't going to get out of Denver ever. And Denver is a very nice place, except for when you're stranded in the airport. There's no hotels that are even taking reservations because everybody's been stranded. You can't go anywhere, do anything. I think they made movies of people living in the airport. Well, Dana and I have done that. We know a good place to sleep in the Denver airport if you get stranded the best place. It isn't a good place, but it's better than some of the places. And we're walking down the aisle, and it looks like I'm wanting, see, here's me. I'm wanting to get back because Sunday's coming. I wanted to get back to preach on Sunday. And it's Friday night, and they're telling us there's no planes going out until Monday. And not only that, we're flying standby. If anybody gets out, it's going to be everybody else, and we're the last ones. And we're walking down the aisle, and, 
Even all the shops had closed. Dana couldn't even find a pillow to put her head on. And she says, she says, well, pastor, I hate it when she calls me pastor. <laughs> well, pastor, looks like we're going to have to act like what you preach. We're going to have to start acting like what you've been preaching. And I said, oh, Dana, has it come to that? <laughs> My God. My God, I didn't think it was that bad. Well, the good news is we got on a flight. They, they added an extra flight the next morning. The skies cleared up. Had room for even us standby people. We got on, flew out. We're home Saturday afternoon. Preached on Sunday. Praise the Lord. But the thing is, is, you know, it's just like we talked about Peter. Jesus told him to cast out the nets to, to catch a draught. I don't use the word draught much. But, but I know it means this, to catch a bunch of fish. And Peter is like, oh man, we've toiled all night. He was just like me. He says, man, we've already done everything we know to do. But nevertheless, at your word, we'll act like it. Do you think Peter felt like letting down the nets? No, he didn't feel like letting down a net. You don't always feel like you're going to act like the word says. You don't always feel like acting like the real you. Why is that? Because you and I have flesh. You and I have flesh. We have, when we have bodies. We have minds. We have emotions. We have all these things that aren't bad, but they're not the real you. The real you is the person on the inside. And even though he has a voice, sometimes these other voices can be loud. They can scream at me and try to take control in my life. But the real you is a spirit. How do you develop that spirit? How do you get him to where, where you hear him when times are tough? That's what we're talking about. You feed on the word, but then you act on the word too. I'm going to give you an example of acting on the word. You probably knew I would, right? You know, sometimes when I talk about acting on the Word, you know, right away people think, well, he's going to talk about how to get healed. Because I, I do talk about that, you know. How do you activate healing in your life? You know, acting on the Word. But, but here's an area that, that sometimes people miss. It's called rest. Did you know that rest is acting on the Word? Rest. Everybody say rest. rest. Now, nobody take a nap. You guys are such doers of the word, I hesitate to teach on this because I'm afraid you're going to go to sleep. Okay? Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about resting in God. What I'm talking about is when, when all things are going wild, that, hey, we can, we can draw on rest. We can enter into a place of power by resting in Him. By resting in Him. Dana, you know, she shared that story about our dog going wild when the cars go by trying to protect us, doing everything he can. And She doesn't know what I'm going to preach. Very seldom do I read. The only thing I read to Dana before I do it is my joke that I put up on Facebook on Sunday mornings because I don't want to, whatever, I try to, try to run it by Dana, one, to see if she laughs, or two, to see if she gets mad at me, you know? <laughs> Think, all right, I'm safe. A couple times I've had to can them. <laughs> Pushing it. But anyway, but, but, you know, she'll get up and share something by the Holy Ghost that just is like she was reading my notes. 
You know, I let her go a little more wild in the first service. I thought she was going to preach. I was going to say, Gary, take my notes. Just finish preaching for me. Acting, acting on rest. In Hebrews 4.3, Hebrews 4.3, the writer of Hebrews, the Holy Ghost-inspired writings, he says this, We which believed do enter into rest. <laughs> we which believed do enter into rest. What do we believe? Well, we believe in Him. Because we believe in Him, we enter into a state where we can rely on Him and not be pulled by every whim that's out there, every wind that's blowing. Entering into rest. You know, Dana, I'm going to call on you to put your book aside and get up here and share the dream. I am. I'm going to have you share the dream right now. Yep. I'll just preface it. You know, she shared this in the early service during her Dana's Diddy. And, um, you know, and, and the first service, you know, it, you know, it's hardly ever the same as the second. Even though you have the same format, you know, but we try to just do what's on our heart. And uh, she didn't share it this time, but I want her to share it because it, it does illustrate this whole thing about acting on rest. Sometimes we think as Christians that if we're really being spiritual and, f and full of faith, that we're going to keep every plate spinning, you know? Sometimes in life, if you're really going to walk with God, you've got to let a few plates fall <laughs> and enter into rest. Rely on Him and trust Him. Dana, go ahead and share. All right. He doesn't know this, but I know this, that it just... It, when it comes to spiritual dreams and spiritual things like that, it takes God to communicate it. <laughs> so I'm just asking him right now, Father, I just thank you for your help to communicate this very real dream and very real situation that happened in my life. And I just ask you, Father, to anoint my words. And I ask, too, that uh, you just give me a free flow to speak about it. In Jesus' name, amen. So a lot of you know that our youngest daughter, Casey, um, is in New York City right now. And uh, she had been praying over a period of about six months about what God had for her after she uh, had graduated from uh, culinary school as a pastry chef. And uh, she spent some time in Minneapolis at a job that really wasn't the right fit. And then she came back home here around Christmas time and really tried a lot of places here and just no doors were opening up and it's kind of a long story about how God worked with her and uh, gave her that desire to move to New York but he did and uh, but it was still a stretch for her and uh, we were with her in the process of it all and and uh, so anyway um, April 2nd she moved to New York City now, she has a boyfriend there that's a very serious boyfriend. They're probably going to be engaged and married very soon here. Just timings on that, too. And he's out there, and he's going to school, and he's working full-time. So she had that one connection in New York, and he helped her find a place in her neighborhood that was a safe place and everything. And so uh, we packed her bags, and we sent her on the plane to 
New York City. And uh, so anyway, you know, when you're doing something like that, there's a lot of things to think through, and how do you move somebody to New York? And, you know, it was like, a, I just, you know, I was just busy, 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 busy. But two days before she left, I had this dream. And uh, anyway, I was uh, on a ship. I was on this giant cruise ship. And I've been on a cruise ship one other time in my life. It was, it was awesome. But anyway, it was huge. And we, I was on the deck of it. And um, ships normally act very steady, you know, and the moves are really slow and everything. But and when I was on this ship in my dream, it suddenly started to act like a canoe. It was just rocking and reeling. And I was on the deck of it, and I thought, this is weird. And I was, you know, trying to steady it like I could steady it, you know, but no, in the dream. And, and suddenly the whole boat just tipped right over, and I was in the water holding my breath, and this boat was coming down on top of me. Okay? So I'm still dreaming, and I'm thinking to myself, in my dream, I'm holding my breath, and I'm strategizing in the water. I'm like, okay, if I can, if I can get around this way, maybe I can make it out of here. And so for about like 10 seconds or more, in my dream, I was strategizing how I was going to get out of this situation. And, uh, but the ship was coming down so fast on me. It was like dragging me down with it. And I, I just had this sinking feeling like, I'm not going to make it out of here. And I thought even, okay, and then I even had this thought. Well, even if I make it to the bottom... I'm going to be pinned under this ship in the sand. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make it out of here. And um, I was uh, not panicked or anything, but I was just thinking these thoughts. And suddenly I had this thought come to me in my dream. This thought came to me, this is a dream. You need to wake up. Have you ever had that happen to you when you have a dream where you're aware in your dream that it's a dream and you're trying to wake up, you know? So anyway, I woke up in, so I did. I, I woke up in my dream, but I really wasn't totally awake yet. And then a few seconds later, I really woke up, and I was in our bedroom, and I was like, wow, that was weird, you know? And what in the world could that ever mean, you know? But I just, I just kind of set it aside, prayed, went back to sleep. So cut forward again to the day Casey left, at first, I was like, sure, I'm going to the airport and everything. But then it was like, no, I'm not going to the airport. <laughs> it's too emotional. I think I'll just say goodbye here and let her go with him. So I'm saying my goodbye to Casey, you know, in the living room. And, and uh, he takes off with her. And, and it was just like the minute she left, it was just like I was in a state of panic. It was like the reality of the situation hit me. And then she got to New York. And, of course, her boyfriend Ben is working a full-time job and going to NYU full-time so I mean he doesn't have a lot of time <laughs> so basically Casey was running around New York City in my mind and in reality all by herself and she didn't have a job she had a place to stay and she had sold her vehicle so she had some money to last her you know till she found a job and so anyway she's running around New York City all by herself um, and we'd get these panicked calls. <laughs> I'm lost, and I don't know where I am, and, and uh, things like that. Or, or I lost my credit card, and, you know, just the various, you know, stories. And I just would go into a panic. I just, I don't know New York City, and I don't know 
I don't know. I can't help her. I can't help her. I don't know the, you know, subway systems. I, I don't know how they think out there. I'm just like, you know, I'm a Midwesterner, and I, and I love California, and I've spent a lot of time out there, but, you know, but New York is like, it's like, you know, I don't know what, they're, what it's like. So I couldn't help her, and it was just this horrible, horrible place I was in, just of total panic and just not knowing how to help her and not knowing what to do and just, you know, it would be like, okay, I'd, I'd kind of get to a place where I'd pray and I'd get on the word and stuff, but then we'd get a call and I'd just be like in this horrible place where she's just, she's alone in New York City. So anyway, <laughs> by Thursday, I think it was a Tuesday that she left, but by Thursday, I was supposed to go somewhere that night and um, I just couldn't go. I was just in a really bad place. We had gotten another panic call and and I was just a mess. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. So I got in the shower to clean up. This is at the end of the day. He can tell you what kind of a day I had. <laughs> end of the day, hop in the shower. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and he said, do you remember that dream? And I was like, yeah, I remember that dream. But I don't know if I want to remember that dream. But yeah, I remember that dream. And he said, you're living that dream right now and you need to wake up. And I was just, okay, I, 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 heard what you, I heard what my heart said, but I still needed the Lord to even tell me what he meant by that. And what he meant was there was no place out of the thoughts of fear that I was in. I was going to go down with the ship unless I woke up to reality, unless I woke up to the truth, unless I woke up to what this Bible tells me. And that is, Casey's not alone. We're never alone. We're with, she's with Jesus. Jesus is with her. I mean, Casey was not in a place of rebellion where she was just off doing her own thing. She had prayed, and we had all prayed, and we all believed that she was in the will of God. Now, did, she's going through hard times, yeah, but God is with her, and I needed to find that place of reality, casting my cares on the Lord and trusting him. I wanted to do that. It was like it was all in my head mentally, but I just was grasping for that place to live it out in reality. And it was somehow, it was like remembering that dream was like a slap in the face. It's like, you're right. You're right, God. God's always right. When you listen to him, he's always right. You're right. I do need to wake up. And it was a process. I mean, I could tell a difference like that night, but it's been a process, and I'm still in the process. And honestly, she's got a job now, and it's a really tough job. It's very, very tough. I won't go into the details here, but they're not treating her very humane even. And it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's what the industry is, you know, um, but that's been a whole nother issue that I've had to work through is, you know, treat me wrong, fine, but treat my daughter wrong and my fangs come out and I want to book a flight and slap a few people around. Oh, you know, and she she's working these 12-hour shifts and all this stuff, and so I, I, uh, I just, the Holy Spirit helped me there, too. He says, listen, you don't have to fix her problem. Just the fact that she got a job at this place it was God, as hard as the place is, it was only God that could have given her this opening. It's, a, it's you know, a, a high-end place, 
but it's just tough. Kitchens are tough. You know, the reality of the job is tough. And uh, so this overprotective mother has had to let her daughter grow up in New York City. Imagine that. And she's getting stronger in every way. And God is with her. And so when she calls me and she unloads her day on me, the Holy Spirit helped me to just say, let her vent. Just let her tell me. You know, and, and then I've had to work on that not reacting like, like mama bear. And just hear it and then dump it on the Lord. You know, and I cover her and all of you, really. Paul and I cover this, every one of you, in prayer every day in the blood of Jesus. But, I mean, just cover her in the blood and trust the Lord. So, is that, good. did I say it? It's good. Okay. Yeah, I did great, Dan. So, you know, I just thought that was a great way to illustrate entering into rest. Entering into rest, you know, and, and rest, believe it or not, takes work. You have to labor to enter into rest. But rest on the inside is, is who you are. It's the real you. You know, it's, it's, it's life on the inside of you and me, and me as well. Hallelujah. I mean, just, I always like to qualify things because, you know, I had her share her dream. And sometimes people get over one way or another on dreams, but I'll just tell you this. When God gives you a dream, there's clarity, you know? When God gives you a dream, there's not fear. Even sometimes there's fearful things that he shows you. He gives you that, and there's a place of peace you can enter into. You know, some reason over the years, God's given Dana dreams. When she wakes up and says, you know, she didn't even tell me this dream till after the whole episode on Thursday, but, 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 you know, usually when she wakes up and had some dream and knows it's, you know, wow, that was God doing something. You know what we do? You want to hear what we do? Yeah. How many want to hear? All right, I guess that's everybody. All right. Um, we'll pray. Imagine that. We'll pray. We'll say, you know, in Jesus' name. If it's something bad, we'll say, in Jesus' name, we break the power of that thing. You know, we don't, the thing is, is don't walk around life just being plagued. Oh, I had this dream. It's, when's it going to happen? Ha, ha, ha. No, God doesn't do that. He doesn't play those games with you. When he gives you something, it's to help you, to aid you and assist you in life, to help you to rise up and be who you really are, you know, to walk in his presence. Sometimes you get a dream, you know. Dana didn't, you know, she didn't have confusion about that dream, but sometimes you got to put things on the shelf. You got to put them on the shelf until God shows you what it is. Yeah, she could have had it, could have had it, could have been like, whoa, Paul, I don't care what you're planning, we are not going on a cruise. <laughs> she could have done that. Some people have done that. But here, God, you know, and this is right in line with what we're talking about. In the crisis, that was real life. Believe me, I lived it with Dana. You know, it was real life. But it was grabbing the word and applying it to real life. You know that the word is meant for real life? Amen. It's meant for where you and I live and breathe. Okay? It's meant for the very situations that we face 
even in this date and time, okay? It isn't something for, well, you know, if, if I'd have only been around when Moses was here. I mean, you know, the beard and all that stuff. I mean, cool, huh? I mean, he glowed. That would have been, that would have been great. God knew you were going to live today. You're equipped to live today. You're fashioned to be around today. And the word works today. Amen. It works in your life, in my life. I'll tell you, the word is more about out there than it is even in church. I mean, thank God for church. I mean, I, I, good night. I'm a pastor. I believe in church. But we come to church to get equipped to go out there and live. To live this stuff. To walk it out. And let it be reality in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.